0: Hello, everybody. We are live. It is John Pollock and waiting with your post daily news show for Friday, March the twenty fifth. As we go into the weekend, uh, days away from the start of WrestleMania week, uh, we have lots to discuss today. Uh, we are going to be going through uh, the news involving Paul Levesque with a clip with Stephen A. Smith that has just run on ESPN ahead of a full interview that Paul Levesque is going to be doing uh, later tonight, and giving a health update and noting that he will not be wrestling. Again, uh, we'll also go through the dynamite numbers
1: and take some of your super chats if you want to throw those in. But how are you doing today, Way? Doing pretty well, John. Yeah, um, you know, I have to say it's been a pretty relatively slower news week and uh, that does not seem to be to be the case today. Yes, we've,
0: we've got a very busy one, and up first, a very special guest joining us, because with WrestleMania Week, it is going to be his biggest week of the year. He is the co-founder and COO of Fight TV, and they are going to be uh, the hub for everybody that is following along all of the WrestleMania Week-related events. A pleasure to be joined by Mike Weber, who is here on the program. Mike, how are you doing? This is the Calm Before the Storm next week.
2: yes it is um you guys it's a real pleasure to be a a guest on your show um and of course we're not calling it WrestleMania week we're calling fight fest week yes fight uh, uh yeah on march 31st april 1st and 2nd we have over 100 uh hours of live programming uh exclusively on fight tv
0: can you just take us back to uh, the first week of of its kind here back in 2016, the last time that uh, WrestleMania was staged in uh, Dallas, Texas, how much it has grown on your end uh, to what we're about to embark some six years later and the, the changes that you have observed and seen firsthand?
2: Yeah, I've actually been doing quite a bit of reminiscing about it. Today. I just got off a, a staff call and we, and we were talking about it. because So we launched in February of 2016 literally starting at zero with a handful of shows. Uh, we had done a couple of test shows with the Ring of Honors and uh, Impact Wrestling's prior to that. But uh, we launched in February of 2016, and, of course, WrestleMania was in Dallas, uh, I believe it was around the 1st of April of 2016, so less than two months later. And I literally stood on a street corner in front of the AT&T uh, Stadium passing out fight coolies and postcards, with Jim Ross's picture on, who was our um, first year as our endorser of our product, and um, and here we are today, uh, really pretty much a, a big deal in the in the space here. Uh, last summer, we were acquired by a company called Triller, who's mm-hmm. getting ready to go public here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we now have over six million registered users since that time. Staying on that street corner in Dallas, Texas, we have done about 6,000 live programs, primarily in wrestling, boxing, MMA, but now we are currently uh, expanding to soccer, and rugby, and motorsports, um, and other types of events, and we're also introducing some interesting sports to the platform. Um, Just recently, actually, our parent company, Triller, acquired uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting, which we were with from the very beginning in 2018, uh, they acquired something just they announced, uh, earlier this week called pillow fighting. Um, and then we got something I'll, I'll give a little sneak, uh, uh peek here since I, uh, I believe you guys are both Canadian. Yes. Is, uh, ice wars. Ice wars. And yeah. And you're going to appreciate it. what's your, what's your favorite part being, you guys being into combat sports. What's your favorite part of a hockey game?
0: Oh, I love the concession stands. Uh, Those are also a high part. But of course, (laughs) after that, it's it's when the
2: guys is the guys when the guys drop their gloves and want to fight. You know, instead of playing, there's always been the enforcers, and we're working on a company called Hockey Enforcer uh, Enforcers, and um, essentially they have uh, two guys in full hockey gear, except open face mask, and uh, they drop their gloves. Uh, they're at center ice. They got two referees there and they come on skates and start boxing and fighting. And, um, I think especially hockey fans in Canada are going to love this. So, uh, we're debuting that in a few weeks. It's, I, I sort of scooped it, probably pissed off my PR people that we did this. Uh, but give you a sneak, a sneak a peek, uh, because I think, uh, we're announcing it with next week
0: or so. Well, so you're expanding but, uh, the, you're expanding the Canadian footprint here on, <laughs> on our show. So I'm sure there will be, uh, a- that's, that's very important to us. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh,
2: yeah, so things have come a long way. We're excited. We got a fantastic relationship with everybody in the wrestling business. Um, you know, as I think most people know, in all elite wrestling, we have, um, the, uh, the worldwide rights. Once you get past us and Canada for the weekly shows. And of course we do the pay-per-view programming quarterly from AEW. Um, of course we work with impact wrestling and triple a and new Japan. Um, and Ring of Honor, um, which I think everybody's waiting to see what Ring of Honor is going to be going forward after April 1st. And those are just some of the programming that we have on on our Fight Fest uh, lineup there. And, of course, GCW, which is an interesting story in South. We've been with them pretty much from their inception of doing streaming of live programming, and I believe that was 2018 also that summer. And, um, man, who would have thought even a year or two ago, that GCW would be doing a show like they did in New York in January.
0: Mm -hmm. What's been so um, unique? They've come all in. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but what's been so unique about sure. Game Changer Wrestling that they have been able to cultivate the, this audience? And I mean, there's so many options out there that we always talk about. And Game Changer, they seem to have really had their, their finger on the pulse and been able to, to cultivate like this very successful brand of professional wrestling that has they're, they're kind of on their, their own island, that they have their audience that they're going to bring to platforms such as your, your own. So there's a couple things
2: there. I I think you guys probably know I have a pretty long history of being around pro wrestling, dating back to the mid-'80s, working as an intern at WrestleMania two for WWE and so forth. But as you guys obviously know, uh, so one factor is independent wrestling has changed dramatically. There was really no real independent wrestling in the 80s and 90s. It was out there. People got started. But guys now can actually make a living. Uh, being an independent wrestler. They don't have to have a contract with WWE or AEW or Impact even or Ring of Honor to uh, not be able to, you know, uh, provide for their families. So that's opened up a lot of opp- opportunities, opened up more um, uh, names uh, and let people develop their trade, you know. Uh, and there's, you know, AEW has taken some of the guys who've done that. Uh, the Orange Cassis and uh, Joey Janellos. Who were around the independent scene for a long time, but now all of a sudden they're getting their national um, exposure, international exposure and their value. The other thing is too, they did hit a niche. And I'm sure this is, I'm not the first person to say this by a long shot. GCW's done a lot with, uh, you know, they're the ECW of this time period. You know, ECW was the ones who are, you know, breaking the rules and changing the mold of the way things were back in the 90s. And I think they're doing quite a bit of that. So as a comparison and then even this past, I think it was December who have ever guessed on GCW that one week you see Kevin Nash, the next week you see Jeff Jarrett. You know, they're getting WWE hall of famers in there and they're making it cool for guys who a year ago would never think about being on those shows. And now they will do those shows for the uh, exposure.
1: I've always been kind of curious, you know, percentage wise, how much would you say professional wrestling accounts for fights business?
2: Um, in the number of shows, uh, it's a, it's a very high uh, percentage because wrestling lends itself to to weekly programming, monthly programming, uh, for, for many different companies. Um, financially, I mean, they do very, very well. It's very, very important to us, but on boxing, it's, you know, they got the feast of famine. You do little boxing events. You might get a couple hundred people to watch, but then also you can do the Mike Tyson event where we had 700,000 watch at 50 bucks each. So uh, uh, the real math is, uh, okay, how do you want to count it? Do you want to count this, the numbers or do you want to count the, uh, uh, the dollars, you know? And um, for some reason, accountants like to hear the dollars amounts. And um, I, I'm, I'm, i still, you know, it's taken me 40 years to figure that out, but accountants like money. Um, but yeah, it's uh, wrestling is a major part. Uh, we feel we work with everybody in the business. We have aired uh, the, last two WrestleManias, even so we do have a relationship with wwe um haven't really decided uh, where we're at with it for next week uh because we got so much other stuff going on as we have start to discuss at the beginning and a relationship what's going on in dallas next week
0: if i'm a if i'm an independent promotion that is just trying to find my legs underneath and i want to get on to fight tv like how much um how much prep time do you need in terms of and, – and shows that you're comfortable putting up on the service that don't have a proven track record like a game changer or many other promotions you, you've worked with for years for upstarts? What are you looking for and how much time do you need to figure out logistics just to carry a new event?
2: So uh, things have changed quite a bit. Um, I mean, be very honest with you, when we started, like a uh, uh, startup, uh, you have a warm body and a camera uh, – Uh, we we would air you. I mean, there are some shows we did, it literally did look like it was shot with the security camera up in the corner and in the room, you know, Um, we're much more selective nowadays. We do look for the production quality. And and frankly, I got to give a lot of credit to, especially American wrestling independence. I never really have to worry about what's in the ring. Um, Now there's so many successful wrestling schools out there. It's a much larger pool of wrestlers who can actually wrestle. So uh, I don't worry about that. I have watched wrestling from South Africa, which I said, guys, we can't air it because I think someone's going to get killed. You guys don't know how to wrestle. Okay. And so that's important, but not, not a big concern. For so it's mostly television production values. Um, we do look at, you know, we have had, hey, I really want to air a wrestling show on there We're from Nebraska, and I got 50 followers on Facebook. And I go, okay, my rule, if you got less followers than I have on Facebook, uh, you guys got a lot of work to do to get a little more relevant. Um, and so what we do, though, is we don't want to be just negative, you know, Nellie's here and say, no, uh, you know, go pound sand. We make a lot of recommendations. We'll look at what they've done and, um, hey, you know, hone your craft, uh, put it onto YouTube, get some exposure, start building a little bit of a fan base, and then we'll look at you again in six months. And then we'll make, you know, recommendations as it relates to, you know, be it lighting, audio, uh, presentation, uh, how it should be. And, of course, it's been a little unfair over the last two years because of the pandemic. You know, we like to see a, actually a crowd. We don't want to see there's, you know, six people in the crowd, which we have seen that before, right. uh, as you guys have probably witnessed too. And we we realize everybody's got to start somewhere. And, you know, and GCW, they did actually have a little bit of a buzz going before they launched on us. They did not come up on us completely cold. Not that I had this great vision and stuff, but I did see that they had potential. I see that, you know, Brett, uh, who's their uh, owner, had a lot of uh, uh, heart and soul into it. And I actually had met him um, probably a good year before that, uh, uh, at least six months before that, before he went live. So I knew he was serious about what he was trying to do. So um, it's like every other business, it's about relationships that you build with these
1: companies. I'm very curious, like when you're working with, you know, especially some of these smaller companies, um, how do you make sure that there are no. Um, that, that the streaming is reliable because, I mean, in, in all of iPayPerViews history, this has been probably the biggest issue. But obviously, it's it's something that's been less of an issue as time has gone on. So I'm kind of curious what you do to ensure that, you know, the streams are as perfect as possible.
2: So so a couple things. That's a good question. You know, um, I've seen dramatic changes just in technology in the six years we've been alive. Um, you know, one is Internet capabilities in a venue are so much better than it was six years ago. I mean, look at us right now. We're all doing stuff from our homes. I believe we're all, you guys are in your home, home studios and stuff. And the internet capabilities we have in our homes are so much better and are actually, they're good enough that you could actually stream a show uh, of the magnitude of a wrestling show from it. So that's been a big help with just the advancement of technology. Also, as you guys might, might know, um, our DNA as a company is technology. We actually start out as a technology company first. Uh, the engineers, developed uh, the right uh, delivery mechanisms and everything and test it. And then we decided to get into combat sports. Uh, we originally started off as a, sort of like a, a, a cable uh, network, uh, excuse me, as a, um, a cable platform that had a little bit of everything on there. But it was hard to focus on what to promote. And that's why they decided to get into uh, uh, a, a tighter, uh narrow group of programming and decided to be combat sports for, some very obvious reasons, it lends us out to pay-per-view capabilities and, and so forth. So, but we we test exclusively with companies for days before we go on the air with them. Um, so uh, to make sure they know what they're doing, make sure they have the right bandwidth, make sure they're using the right equipment, the settings and so forth. And um, the window is getting a little tired because sometimes we deal with them the day before. And what's also worked for us now is, I probably nine out of 10 shows or, you know, higher percentage than that are companies we've worked with before. So there's very few unknowns. We know exactly what to do with it. And um, ironically, we deal with at least, I think it's about six or seven guys named Mike (laughs) from various (laughs) companies that streamer shows. I don't know why, I guess uh, back in the fifties and sixties, everybody named their kids Mike, but um, uh, it's sort of interesting, but you you do, it's just like everything else. We know, Exactly what we're getting from GCW, Impact and Ring of Honor, and all these guys. Uh, we know what we're getting and know how to work with them and communicate with them uh through every show. We also um, use WhatsApp um for the actual live shows as a communication uh, and that has made life uh so much easier because we 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 cover at both ends. We got guys who are US based who uh communicate with the promoters, but then we also have our uh, engineers uh, from Bulgaria on the communication who are all fluent English, um, but that's where our engineering's done from. And that way they, they're real troubleshooters to, to problems. And that's why we essentially have a very, very good track record. And don't use the term I pay-per-view. We're a television network because we want you to watch our programming on your 65 inch screen TV, either by casting it there or using your Roku or your Apple or Amazon Fire. So, um, with us uh, internally setting the bar higher, uh, the bar higher, we're also um, doing the same for our, our programming too, that we want you to be network intelligent, quality.
0: So, I mean, uh, some of the highlights, I mean, Fight TV is going to have the the collective bundle, which comes with uh, numerous shows, including uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break, both parts of that. The WrestleCon bundle, uh, you've got numerous talk shows scheduled, the Fight Fest Event Center, you'll have people on the ground there in Dallas as well. And one thing that I find so unique with professional wrestling is that there seems to be an intrinsic factor that unlike a a big MMA fight, a big boxing fight, when the fight is over – it's sort of out of sight out of mind and with a weekend like this i think a lot of the people that are watching this our audience i mean they are going to be watching plenty of these shows after the fact and it's not so much a well the results are out i don't care about this show it's hearing reviews from the shows and professional wrestling i think has that unique uh something you can probably speak to has that certain factor to it that uh people will go back and it has a high replay value
2: yeah, it's it's amazing. The data we have, it just proves it time and time again. And this is something that's been, I won't say exactly surprising to us, but it's been reinforced by the data is on pro wrestling, 20 to 30% of the buy is actually after the event is over. Mm-hmm. Or in boxing, for example, that Mike Tyson fight, we did 700,000 buys. After that fight was over, and they had some very interesting things in there beyond boxing, like Snoop Dogg was a commentator and so forth. I think we only probably did 700 buys after the fact. Wow. So it, it's just it's just amazing how dramatically different the viewing habits is for boxing compared to pro wrestling. And, and, and of course, of what we got coming up with Fight Fest next week, there's some shows I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to be there and watch all three or four shows at the exact same time. I mean, on uh, Friday night, April 1st, I mean, there's the Ring of Honor shows, there's an Impact show, there's a GCW show. And there's uh, the uh,
0: New Japan's uh, got uh, their show on Friday.
2: Well, uh, New Japan, but there's a little bit earlier. Uh, so they're not the exact same time impact of uh, the show. The super show, I don't really like the game of it, but the super show that Conrad Thompson's put together with Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett and, of course, Jeff Hardy and um, William Regal coming out. I mean, if you're a true wrestling fan, you want to see all those shows at the exact same time. Well, the cool thing is obviously we have the – uh uh VOD capabilities are our platform, so I say buy them all. <laughs> of course. Uh they're all pretty good shows. I mean, but like the super show, I've had the pleasure of working with all those gentlemen countless times. Uh and um, really look forward to seeing that show and, and I want to be there. But you know, the Ring of Honor show, God knows what's going to happen to that show because there's gonna be that AEW Tony Khan influence to it. And then who knows what's going to happen with Impact. They got a great show that day too. And GCW, I have to look to see which which one of their twelve shows they have that time. Uh, but they got they have great content as well. And you're going to tell me which shows at which? I don't have it in front of me. There are lots but, of
1: them. Yeah, we got. But a lot they of have some.
2: But you know, they have the Blood Sports show. They have the uh, Joey Janela Spring Break shows that have been super popular over the years. We still get a lot of buys for GCW program that aired three and four years ago from people who are just now discovering their type of pro wrestling. And that's one of the things I like about GCW. It, it, it's a little bit different and it's more of a, uh, a cult factor, you know, and that uh, you sort of tell your friends about, it. it's, again, it's sort of ECW like, you know, it's sort of, um, uh, alternative programming, anti-establishment of, uh, of the ways wrestling is, uh, is, uh, uh, presented all the time. And so it's, it's a little bit something for everyone who likes wrestling. And, uh, you know, 100 live hours in 72 hours. And, um, wow. the, uh, and frankly, the Fight Fest, uh, event center, of course, there's no original names. I stole that, of course, uh, from borrowed, but I was there when the first, the first event centers from WWF back in, uh, with Sean Moody, uh-huh. uh, and Craig DeGeorge back in the day, um, who I had the pleasure to work with, um we got a whole um, list of, uh, of, of people who are going to be hosting on there. And what we're going to be doing, it's being based out of the WrestleCon um, uh, ballroom where they're doing their events at. And these are going to be going on Thursday and Friday. It will go at least 12 hours each day on Saturday. It'll go about another six or seven hours. And essentially it's going to be everything from doing interviews of people who are at WrestleCon, the, uh, the stars of today and the stars of yesterday um, as well as doing look ins to various shows and so forth, and there's going to be people like SoCal Val on there and Josh Chernoff, and um Sonny Ono is going to be uh, a host. So, we're actually bringing a lot of different, and we're also debuting two wrestling fans, the Schmo and Helen Yee. Uh, the Schmo uh, is very well known in the MMA and boxing world as a, um, social influencer, reporter who's at all the Bare Knuckle Fights events, all the UFC events, all the major boxing events. Well, we're bringing him to our world, and he's going to be a field reporter for us. He's a very interesting guy, um, very knowledgeable of wrestling. So we're bringing some new people in there, too, to just widen out the scope. We'll probably have about a dozen different um, hosts um, on um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, Taryn Terrell is another person who's going to uh, join us there on the set. And um, everybody's going to be giving their insights of what they think is coming up. Um, We're going to be doing live look-ins, interviewing some of the biggest personalities in the industry. And uh, that is actually not only going to be available live on Fight for free, but it's also going to be on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter as well. Because let's face it, it's a marketing tool, but it's also an entertaining marketing tool.
0: Uh, well, Mike, we, we wish you all the best. I hope you get, uh, at least an hour of sleep ne- next week. It is, it is a uh, fight fest throughout the week. Uh, you can pre-order, uh, all the various shows up at, uh, fight.tv. And, uh, Mike, it was great to have you on, uh, just going through your resume here. Uh, I'm sure we could do many, many more shows. I, I think we could do an hour just on director of public relations for WWF from 1986 to 1989, but we'll save that, uh, for another day. But thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Hey, guys, it's been a real pleasure, and I uh, hope to see you down in Dallas next week. All
1: right. do, we have a, do we have time for one quick question for Mike here from Rory sure. in the Super Chat, who sends a Super Chat. First of all, he says, thank you for the incredible work you do at Fight in Australia. Fight is vital and amazing. Keep up with, the, with everything non-WWE. Rory also asks, when can Fight bring a global app to PS5 or Xbox?
2: So we're actually working on the technology uh, with Xbox. They have very exclusive technology we're finding out. So it's a little bit different than everything else. Um And with PlayStation, we do offer some of our programming on the pay-per-views, like AEW, for example, in Australia has been available on PlayStation. But right now we're not planning on putting the app on there. But this is one of the, the advantages of our... Uh, uh, our, our technology. And that's what's so been so much fun for me because obviously I do not have a technology background by voice embrace technology. And part of our technology is on the, uh, if you have our app on your mobile, uh, your iPhone or your uh, Android phone, there's a capability to cast it to any connected screen. As long as it's on the same Wi Fi, almost everybody in their home has their phone and their TV. Set up on the same Wi Fi uh, deal. And you could actually stream through your Xbox, your PlayStation, your Roku box, your Apple onto your smart TV or just directly of your smart TV. So you really don't need PlayStation or Xbox to watch us. We make it, we do make it convenient that way. I mean, obviously, you can download the app on Roku and Amazon, Apple, but um, it's all about the casting. Uh, uh, flipping the program from your mobile to your big screen TV. Cause don't you guys all want to watch it on a 65 inch screen TV?
0: We'll have, uh, we'll have multiple screens going uh, next week. I think I'll have like six <laughs> just all in front of me, uh, watching, watching all of it, Mike. So, uh, again, all, 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 the best of luck. Fight.tv to go, uh, pre-order all of the events. And I think uh, many people watching this, they will be, uh, consuming close to all of those 100 hours. So thanks so much, Mike. <laughs> and, uh, get, get some rest after, after Fight Fest.
1: Sounds great, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Mike.
0: Mike Weber, everybody, the COO of Fight TV, uh, quite an illustrious, uh, career in professional wrestling, holding, uh, significant roles in, uh, WWF, WCW, TNA, and now with Fight TV. And yes, it is a, it is a daunting schedule next week, Way
1: It's daunting. Yeah. We'll be trying to watch, uh, as much, as, uh, we'll be trying to cover as much of it as we can, uh, all week long at postwrestling.com.
0: Okay. Let's get into uh, some of the, the news and notes from today. And tonight, uh, Stephen A. Smith is going to be running his entire interview with Paul Levesque on Stephen A's world. It's going to be streaming on ESPN plus, but they did put out a clip today on first take. And for the first time, Paul Levesque went into, uh, his cardiac issue from last September and, you know, sharing some, some very scary details of, of how bad it got. It began when he had contracted pneumonia. And began coughing up blood, and they discovered fluid uh, around his heart and in his lungs and it led to his uh, ejection fraction rate, which is the the percentage of blood that pumps out of the left ventricle uh, t- normal range is fifty to sixty, his dropped uh, to thirty, and then as low as twelve. And it got to the point that, like Levesque was, you know, legitimately concerned about whether he was going to uh, come out of this okay. He now has a heart defibrillator in inside his chest and has ruled out ever wrestling again. Which, uh, given those uh, details, uh, does not come as a surprise. But obviously, I think people realized this was significant, but uh, very, very quiet. This has been kept for
1: several months. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think with good reason, you know, something like this is, is, um, very, very sensitive and, and very touchy. And, uh, uh, of course, incredibly unfortunate that, you know, we're no longer going to see this man in a ring again because I think there are still plenty of, uh, dream matches to be had with him, of course. Um, and he up until his, I think, final matches seemed to be just still at the, very sharp, you know, and and even physically capable. But of course, the number one priority in a situation like this is to ensure that he has, you know, a long and healthy life. And um, it sounds like he's at least been able to make it through. But of course, you know, still uh, having a defibrillator implanted in your heart is is probably no easy task to live with.
0: Yeah. I mean, which is what Scott Hall had. Scott Hall had a defibrillator put into his chest uh, over 10 years ago. Um, as well, it's, you know, when, when you have children, it's just, I, I th- that's an event that it really does put your, your priorities in, into check. And I think it's, um, y- you certainly look at what his day to day involvement is, is going to be. You come out of something like that and y- you certainly assess like, Man, I'm 52 years old right now, and I, I should have many, many more years in front of me. And how do I want to be spending those years? So anyway, uh, we wish all the best to him. Uh, it sounded like it was a, a very scary situation and uh, speaking for the first time. So that interview will be airing on ESPN Plus tonight. It will be interesting to see uh what other subjects that he goes goes into uh, regarding his um not so much in-ring future as he explained, but behind the scenes as well. Uh So we'll continue on and go to uh, AEW Dynamite from Wednesday night. So they were a third for the night on cable. They were behind the two NBA games, averaging 1,046,000 viewers, up 5% from last week, and then up 7% in the demo uh, with a 0.41. Um, they had a big increase in 18 to 34, and uh staying even in 35 to 49 as well so it was um very strong start in the in the first quarter um and then slid in the second and largely stayed consistent after that according to the uh, the quarter hours from Brandon Thurston and then taking a dip in the uh final half hour which included the main event which ended up being the low point of the show so Benefiting like still that that first segment is like that largely tells the tale of the show based on on how the show gets off to a start based on on the lead in
1: sure having a CM Punk wrestling match on TV didn't hurt either
0: that that helped as well the fact that they did promote that he would be kicking off the show uh with with Dax Harwood as well they did 149,200 viewers in Canada up 15% they were actually ahead of uh, last Friday's smackdown in both uh audience and the 25 to 54 demo in Canada on TSN2 on Friday night and then we had WWE confirming the report that was in uh, today's Wrestling Observer Newsletter that Shad Gaspard will be receiving the Warrior Award uh, this year at the Hall of Fame ceremony, which takes place one week from today uh, in Dallas, Texas, and Shad Gaspard will be honored. Uh, Of course, Shad Gaspard died tragically in May of 2020 when he was uh, swimming with his son and they were hit with a, a riptide and the lifeguards came and they were only able to save his son. And Shad said, take my son and large, essentially sacrificed himself for his son, a like completely heroic act. And, and sadly didn't make it. They were not able to save Shad who disappeared. And then, uh, unfortunately they discovered the body several days later. I think that this will be certainly like the most emotional, um, induction on the Hall of Fame ceremony
1: yeah without a doubt you know he's somebody who um i mean even prior to his passing seemed to be absolutely beloved by all of his peers um there was you know uh, i think very much a a pretty big social media sort of a push you know for to see this get done and it's really nice to see the wwe react to it and um give the audience and i think uh many of his former colleagues uh, a moment to be able to acknowledge the man's career and the man's life and the man's final sacrifice Um, in, 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 in his final act, you know, on national TV on a big stage. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be probably a, a tough one to watch, but also one that I think, you know, will be a celebration of what the man has accomplished.
0: Yeah. So the, the hall of fame ceremony, in addition to the Shad Gaspard, um, award presentation, uh, we have Charmel, Vader, And the Undertaker. And I guess we will see if the class grows at all, uh, next week. If they, it sounds like it's a 90 minute window on Peacock from 1030 till midnight. So, I mean, I guess if they're trying to keep the speeches short, they could, they could fill in, you know, another slot or so. But I guess it, it really comes down to, you know, the, how long the Vince speech is going to be and how long the Undertaker speech is going to be, which, um, I mean, I don't know who's going to be, uh, trying to keep those two to time if they have to.
1: I I would hope that they they would probably at least keep a lot of flex room you know for those two at the end but I can see most of the speeches being quite you know um, rehearsed and and therefore you know cut to a specific time beforehand so um either way you know I, I mean they've chosen you know to keep a full class this year to give enough airtime for every single person as they usually do and uh I the fact that we can at least you know even fit something like a warrior award for Shad Gasparden I think is a positive
0: and then we shift to tonight with a Smackdown at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. And all we have so far, what will be the fallout from Brock Lesnar's attack on Roman Reigns and the bloodline? I would think, um, charges.
1: Wouldn't that be the assumption? Maybe. I mean, that was, um. Hmm. I don't know. Like it feels like when you're backstage, anything goes. I don't think the oh. law applies, you know, when okay. you're back there.
0: So that was Jorge Masvidal's mistake.
1: I mean, it worked for Connor, right? Got away with uh throwing At. the dolly, and
0: where did that take place?
1: The was dolly it, was it? This place, the Barclays Center. Incredible. So obviously, the Barclays Center is is the common ground there. You really- and I were in a hotel room
0: in New Orleans with Dave Meltzer and I believe Gary Gonzalez watching Bloodsport when the whole dolly thing was going down, and we were mm-hmm. like following along with it, as I recall, in 2018.
1: Yeah, uh, stay stay out of the backstage area of the Barclays Center, okay? If anybody's ever there. Um, shit gets crazy.
0: Um, the build-up to Way's most anticipated WrestleMania match continues where we take one participant from each of the four teams for the women's tag team title match. It will be Sasha Banks and Rhea Ripley against Queen Zelina and Shayna Baszler. Can they coexist versus can they coexist?
1: Uh, some of them will, sure. Yeah. Okay, I, so I think all four will literally
0: exist after this match. I think, I think that will happen. And then we've got Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Jimmy Uso tonight as well. So there you go. That is, that is Smackdown. Cool. It'll be a show. <laughs> it will be a show. Uh, and Rampage tonight, we've got FTW championship. Ricky starts defending against Swerve Strickland, Red Dragon taking on 10 and five of the dark order, Lance Archer against Dustin Rhodes. We are in, a. Uh, Austin, Texas. So Dustin Rhodes, the uh, the hometown favorite, and then what else? Ny- Nyla Rose will be taking on uh, Maddie Rankowski and Q T Marshall presenting Hook with a certificate of accomplishment tonight on TNT. Back to their regular time slot of ten Eastern.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, we get Swerve Strickland again on Rampage. Seems to be a Rampage exclusive for now. Giving a bit of a push to that Dustin Rhodes Lance Archer match. So I'm sure that one will be you know somewhat heated. And we'll see, uh, what this certificate of accomplishment I- entails for I- anything involving hook. I'm, I'm curious. You know, you could put him in a, you could say if, uh, hook reacts or fallout from hook's attack. Like, you know, use any of those WWE turns. And I'm going to be interested in a way that I probably wouldn't for most wrestlers.
0: A collision, collision yeah. involving hook. And QT Marshall, that happens mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, that means we are back to our normal start time for Rewind to SmackDown. We will be live at 11.05 p.m. Eastern Time exclusively for members at postwrestlingcafe.com as we will have reviews of SmackDown and Rampage.
1: We got a few Super Chats to go through here. Uh And thank you, all of you guys, for your support. Of course, we mentioned Rory Super Chats for Mike, uh, so we've read those. But we also want to give a shout-out to Kat, who sends a $10 Super Chat, who just simply wants to say, Happy Friday! Hope you too have a great weekend.
0: Well, thank you, the cat. That was very, very kind of
1: you. You got plans for the weekend?
0: Um, yes, I do. Um, I'm heading out tomorrow with, uh, w- with Max. Um, nothing crazy. Just, uh, got some outings planned. I hung out with some friends on, uh, on Thursday night, went to, uh, went to, went to a
1: bar. That was a good time. Ooh, okay. Was it your first time at a bar in, in a while? Yeah, a
0: couple right? months. Yeah. I haven't, been, oh. I haven't been out too, too often of late, but, uh. Interesting. You know.
1: Cool. Um, I'm going, I'm going to a concert tomorrow. It'll be like my first concert, like in Who you seeing? It's a band called Black Midi okay. that I'm actually not too familiar with, but I'm going with Elliot. So nice. Hopefully that'll
0: be. WWE's fun. got their, their shows in Ontario this weekend, uh, Kitchener tomorrow and Toronto on Sunday.
1: Okay, cool. The road to WrestleMania stopping by Canada. Look at that. Yeah.
0: It's uh, hanging around the, the, the road to WrestleMania goes through the Gardner.
1: Yes, yes. Uh We go to Jake from the Windy City who sends a 250 super chat who says, "As a hockey fan, I am intrigued by Ice Wars."
0: Yeah, th- th- it's it's always been my biggest complaint is that when uh, hockey gets in the way of fighting, let's just scrap the hockey portion and just have the, have the fight in the in the middle of the ice. They, I remember they they tried a pay per view like that, like almost 20 years ago. And I think Goldberg was involved as like a judge or something. And yeah, it was just hockey fights. So it seems like that is, that is the premise.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, of course, like, you know, the, it's people get hired simply based on their ability to, to, you know, be enforcers and to be able to fight. But I just, I have no idea how you possibly train for that. It just seems like the, <laughs> the, the most dangerous, the uh, silliest idea, you know, I I am not state. a,
0: I'm not a hockey fight advocate, but there's certainly an audience
1: for it. There absolutely is. It is a part of the game. All right. And finally, we go back to Rory, who sends another $8 Australian dollar $8 Australian Super Chat, who says, Triple H has always been my favorite, and I'm lucky to have seen him a couple times here in Melbourne. We'll be listening to Motorhead and watching his matches.
0: What would be your uh, go-to Triple H matches to recommend to people? I, I would certainly... Um, uh, direct people to that, that 2000 run that, that he had where he really was, if not number the, one, very close to it, best wrestler in the
1: world in 2000. Totally. Yeah. Two of the Cactus Jack matches, you know, from that period, um, before, for Foley's first retirement, I think are, are absolutely recommended. I think a personal favorite of mine was, uh, Shawn Michaels for Shawn Michaels return match in 2002 at SummerSlam.
0: There's that match and there's also one on Raw from late. 2003 in san antonio Uh, so they're in michael's hometown and it was to set up the rumble match a few weeks later but that san antonio match it's better than the rumble match it's not i wouldn't put it maybe at the level of the uh of the SummerSlam match but it's not far off it's a really excellent match late raw like december 2003 late late oh three
1: and all the taker wrestlemania matches to me are are fantastic so uh yeah you can't go wrong the man has had quite the career
0: all right. And we have had quite the show. So thank you to everybody for tuning in live. And a thank you, uh, thank you to Mike Weber of Fight TV for stopping by the program ahead of uh WrestleMania slash Fight Fest week that is uh, coming up in Dallas, Texas. And we are gonna speak with all of you tonight, eleven oh five Eastern at postwrestlingcafe.com. We'll speak with you then.